Hello, hello, hello. You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. We're on episode 15. That's nuts. I can't believe I got this many out so far. Um, you know, I, I've been busting my butt trying to, to get these uh, these out to you guys and put some content out there and get some stories out there, and I'm really really happy with the how these have been turning out and I'm having fun with it so that's that's the main thing so uh so let's get right into it we are brought to you by carbon paintball the uh they have the SC base layer over at uh, carbonpaintball.com and uh, I have switched over to the bottoms and the tops and so has a uh, Chicago aftershock uh we're all using those layers and you know I've heard nothing but very very positive things from uh, from my teammates and um, and myself, I enjoy them. They're they're awesome. They have the uh, they're the the compression fit with the uh, the arm pads. Awesome. You know, I can't can't say enough good things about them. Just you know, it's a, it's a great product, and you can find it over at carbonpaintball.com. And if you type in capital T P O P at checkout, you can get ten percent off so thank you carbon paintball we are also we are also brought to you by vantrition who make some very cool and um and innovative paintball supplements they have a pre-workout which is their paintball preload and a recovery formula which is the paintball reload uh, they also have a bunch of uh different flavored proteins and the uh the reload and preload you can also get in uh, in different flavors and you can find that all at vantrition.com and if you type in capital T P O P at checkout you can get 15% off at at uh, at the end of your order so make sure to do that so thank you to vantrition uh, brought to you by Midwest clothing the if you head over to midwestclothingllc.com they have anywhere from you know different headbands to headgear to uh, custom jerseys, custom pants, shirts, tech shirts. Uh, they also have tech mats, which I have one that I'm sitting everything on right now. Um, it's my signature series edition, so make sure you go over and check that out at MidwestClothingLLC.com. And if you do check it out and you like it, go ahead and go ahead and purchase it. And if you type in capital T P O P, you can get 20% off your entire order. So uh, so thank you Midwest Clothing. And uh, we are also brought to you by DrPaintball.com. These guys are based out of San Diego, and um, they also have a uh, an indoor paintball field over there. But uh, but he's doing everything right, man. That he's uh, offering financing at DrPaintball.com since paintball gear is not cheap. You can find uh, you can find anywhere between markers, pants. Uh, I also believe you can sell your old gear over on that uh, on that site. The link will be below in the in the description but um they price match they do all kinds of great stuff you can find it at drpaintball.com and last but not least we are brought to you by planet eclipse since day one of my pro career i have been playing with a uh with an ego uh here and there i've used the geo but man i'm a diehard uh, lv1 fan an ego fan and now an lvr user and fan so you know, it's they have stuck around for a reason. They've they've made some of the best paintball markers on the planet, uh, no pun intended. But it's 
it's the truths in the uh, in the proofs in the pudding. It is. I mean, look how many teams are out there shooting those those markers, and you know, on top of that, they have amazing customer service, and uh, you know, they they back up their product 110 percent. So, uh, thank you, Planet Eclipse, and all of our sponsors for supporting myself and this podcast, and in the direction of where I'm trying to go. Um, and now that uh, now that all the ads are through, we can get to the interview, or the podcast, really. And it's with Billy Bonaccia. And I've played with Billy uh, a little bit on X Factor. I got to know him a little bit. And he's a stand-up guy, man. He's, he's down to earth. You know, the, the guy wants to win. He's competitive, but he's kind. He's just, he, he's a great overall guy. Um, his accent, I love his accent. I love that accent over there. It's, it's, it's great. But, uh, but, you know, he has that competitive edge and um, that understanding and I think that's why he fits in so well over at X Factor um, you know because that is a, uh, a tight little group over there and I had the opportunity to play and it's it is it's a tight group and if you fit in you fit in if you don't you don't and and that's what Alex runs and and, and Billy fits in just fine and I think he's one of the uh, one of the best snake players out there and one of the most consistent um, so uh, so here is our uh, our little chit chat and uh, you know let me know what you guys think uh, comment below or, or shoot me a message or even shoot Billy a message and um, we appreciate you guys listening so take care remember that practice in, uh, in Dallas mm-hmm. on the way back to San Antonio that's when we were listening to them oh all so you guys were a long drive it was just me it was me Clinton and LJ yeah we were like fuck it's something let's check out some podcast <laughs> Mouse's actually was pretty good and like I wasn't yeah at first I was like oh Mouse is so shy he's not gonna talk and he actually uh, he actually did a pretty good one yeah, yeah, he opened up a lot more than what I thought he was going to because, like, yeah. the times that I've talked to him and had conversations with him, it was, like, <clears throat> two minutes here, two minutes there, kind of just talking really about bullshit at the paintball field, just kind of like, oh, how'd you guys do, right. blah, blah, blah. But then, like, when I actually sat down with him and he kind of just opened up, it, I found out more about him at, in that conversation than I've known about him his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, no, his definitely came out pretty good. <laughs> Um, I didn't get to finish Oliver's, but um, his was starting to be pretty good. It sounded out. I mean, how could Oliver's be bad? <laughs> well, it's weird too because I didn't really know him too much. Uh, you know, just like a lot of the guys, like you, you know them at the tournament, and you kind of just know them on a two-minute face-to-face right. basis. And I had talked to him a couple times before, but that conversation was like it seemed different than the other conversations i had with him before like he was kind of a not a totally different person but a different mindset yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie he definitely got a little weird so you know (laughs) he went from like being this guy that wants everybody to hate him and fear him to this like i love everybody i love life yeah but i mean that's definitely obviously the better person for him so well did you get to know because you played for dynasty for what a year yeah, but he wasn't on the team. He was on the Ironman stuff. Oh, that was so. That yeah. was what, like eight or nine? Dad, I actually wrote, wrote down all my teams <laughs> just in case. Actually, Dynasty was 2010. Yeah.
So let's um, um let let's go let's let's start it out and let's um kind of talk about okay. how you started your career and everything and and let's so first off where are you from because obviously everybody knows that you have the the New England accent and your Patriots fan. Yeah. So <laughs> so where is it that uh, that you came from and how did you how did you discover paintball? So I was born and raised in Connecticut. Milford, Connecticut is my hometown. Um, actually, uh, the area in Milford that I'm from, it's weird because half of Milford is kind of like a woodsy area mm-hmm. and the other half is more of like a beach area. So I come from the woodsy side and, you know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of kids and I was one of the younger ones. So um, there'd always be, you know, the older kids in the woods playing paintball and I never knew what it was. And, just uh, randomly, um, like they'd be playing? Yeah, just like randomly. There was a park down the street. We'd randomly be there fishing. There'd be guys running around with pump guns and goggles. Really? Yeah. And we'd be like, what the heck are they doing? And we're like, oh, it's paintball, <laughs> you know? So then um, my friend and his brothers, who were older than me, they got guns. And, you know, me and, me and the younger brother, who was more my age, we would, like, you know, go down and try to watch. And we'd be like, oh, this is cool. Until then, they'd like see us watching and they start shooting at us. Oh, and we'd be like, oh, what the fuck? So we'd like run away and be like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and then uh, I remember talking to my dad about it. I was like, oh, the guys are playing paintball. They're shooting at us. So like, we can't go watch anymore. Mm-hmm. So my dad's like, well, why don't you just get a gun and you know shoot back? So, I mean, it kind of went down. I remember it was like uh, midterms. I was in, I think I was a freshman. And after my midterm, my dad picked me up and we went to the paintball shop and he uh we were looking at guns and everything and you know that day he's like take it off the shelf and he bought me my first titman oh nice so yeah so i remember he bought me a titman and a bag of 500 green all-star paintballs (laughs) and like that lasted me like forever i thought that was so many paintballs back then yeah um so i mean you know once i got my gun and we'd start like organizing like you know neighborhood paintball matches in the woods oh that's cool and of course i was like the younger one and i sucked and you know i was more just getting shot and i at first i thought it was cool yeah at first i thought it was cool to get shot i was like oh this is awesome but you know (laughs) then it's just like all right this kind of sucks you know everyone's ganging up on me so um so me and one of my friends were like let's start putting boards up in the woods and you know before you know it over time like we pretty much created a speedball field in our backyard essentially yeah and you know that was the thing to do after school hey let's go work on the field these two days and then let's go play the next day so we'd be back there raking all the time and you know nailing more boards so do you guys funny, not remember, have like do you guys not have like an actual paintball like a legit paintball field around your area we did but like we were so young and like so uninvolved in it that we didn't even know about it you know so, oh, yeah. we just saw these guys at you know like we thought this is how you play paintball like, yeah yeah just guys running around the woods and i remember like you know we we <laughs> it's funny like my mother would uh take me and my neighbor because you know we were like 14 at the time and she'd take us in her car and we'd go to like old you know we'd go to like job sites where they're building houses yeah. and legit like steal scrap pieces of wood <laughs> And then bring it, bring it home. That's sweet. We did this like you know, we did this at least a dozen times just to create this field. And, I like how your mom you know, before, helped out with that. Yeah, of course, she was all about it. Oh yeah. And before you know it, we have this six people field where we're like legit organizing games every weekend. This is the thing to do. Hmm. 
And, you know, then it kind of started getting, you know, a little more competitive. And we found um, this really cool place, like maybe 10 minutes from me, which was a, it was a warehouse. It was a redemption center. And these guys would set up this dark warehouse. I mean, there was, you could see, but it was like kind of dark. Yeah. And, and they would literally have um, bottles, like bagged bottles, like, you know, bag 20 liter bottles and skids of um, boxes of like Coca-Cola and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they move them around in this warehouse to create bunkers and they played 20 paintballs per person. Yeah. So it was like, you know, there's usually at least 20, 30 people there. So it'd be like 10 on 10 or 15 on 15 in this warehouse. Uh, everybody had 20 paintballs and you just go, it's just a free for all. You know, you That's get sweet. an armband. It was, it was red team versus yellow team always. And, you know, at first it was like the scariest thing we ever did, mm. but it was all we talked about the next days in school. These were on like Wednesday nights and granted we're like freshmen yeah. in high school. So we, um, yeah, we started playing there and then, you know, they, that place was, you know, they got more into it and they, uh, bought like a sub air field for outside. And that's when I got introduced to like sub air and all that. What year and was And then this? there was, uh, this was my freshman year. So 2000, 2001 ish. Um, so yeah, I think like 2001 was probably when I first started. Um, nice. So, so yeah, then, you know, we, we play 20 ball or we play outside on the hyper ball or not hyper ball, sub air, sorry, mm -hmm. uh, sub airfield. And, and then we, as soon as it got dark, we'd go inside and play the 20 ball again. So <laughs> it, was, awesome. it was really sick. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, I feel like that's where I got good at like, you know, one balling. Oh, yeah. It was 20 balls. You had to make your shots count. And, you know, at first I remember being like a kid that was scared and I'd just shoot all my paint and just run off the warehouse and be like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm out of paint. Let me out. And then, like, once I started getting good, like, I was like the one, like, you know, getting behind everyone, just sniping everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, that was, that was some memorable moments. And I'd love to keep doing that. I know uh, some of the, the owner of the field, they, they still have, uh, you know, a team that they play with. And uh, they were actually at World Cup, so I was talking to them. I was like, "We need to do like a reunion game there because it was a good time." That's so good sweet. That you can share. actually see like see him too, and he kind of sees where you are now. Yeah, yeah. And how far you? Yeah, felt. it's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, I was this fourteen-year-old kid, scared shitless, and you know, he's kind of like giving me advice, like, "All right, you do this, that," you know. Yeah. You know, and then you know, from there, I started playing at Hogan's Alley, which was more tournament scene. You know, I'm sure you've heard of the team. That was my first yeah. national team, Hogan's Alley Factory. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where, like, I became, actually, some of my best friends are still from that original team. Um, Matt Derulo from Damage is, was also part of that team. All right. Um, yeah. So that was where we got, like, our start into and introduced to national paintball. And, I mean, one of the main things I learned from them was just not to be scared. And yeah. they just taught us to attack, attack, attack. And, you know, we took our lumps. I mean, we were always there playing with, like, the Blonsky brothers. And, you know, we'd go up to New York and play against MIX at the time. And, you know, we got we got asses beat. Until, yeah. yeah, I mean, we started in D3. Um, 2003 was our first year as a team. Uh, we played 10-man in Philly, and then we did D3 X-Fall. And... Um, both times we made the cut, which was a good accomplishment for us. Oh, for sure. Um, and then um, 
you know, from there we went on to uh, to Division Two X Ball, and I think by the second event, the first event, I remember we got we got our asses kicked by GZ Silver at the time, and like we were just like, wow, we are so far behind. Like we, why are we playing D two right now? Like we need to go back to D three. Yeah. And by the next tournament, I remember we beat the team that was like the team to beat. It was Twisted Revolution at the time. Oh yeah. And then we lost. Yep. And then we lost the Docs Raiders, but we ended up finishing like fourth place. And we're like, you know, we have potential. We can do this. And the next event was in Chicago, 2004. And we made it all the way to the finals and we lost. So we ended up getting second. And the next tournament was Northeast Open. And we lost to Twisted Revolution in the prelims, like, by like 10 points. That was when Expo was long matches. Yeah, the two halves. Yeah, and we ended up, you know, making it back to the finals, and we played against Twisted Revolution in the finals, and we just put a beating on them. Like, I, I don't know what happened. It was like, you know, it was one of those days where, like, you know, you have this force field around you. No matter what you do out there, you're doing everything right. And yeah. that was our day. I love it yeah, when that happens. Everything was working. When, when yeah. you play a team like in prelims and you get a beat down and you get the opportunity to play them in like in quarters or semis or even, you know, finals, hopefully, yeah. and something like that. That's, that's got to be a great feeling. Yeah. So we end up beating them and, and the next event is World Cup. We end up playing five-man first and uh, we tried playing pro. It was pro-am at the time. Not a lot of teams play. I think the best team that actually won was the Naughty Dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Naughty Dogs uh, beat us in the finals. So, I mean, for us, it was just really cool to make it to the top top two in pro. Oh, yeah. And then, and I mean, I remember that was when World Cup, we were there for like 10 days playing paintball because we played the five-man event first and then the X-ball was second. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went all the way through the winner's bracket in World Cup and we ended up beating Team Ultimate in the finals. Oh, and, I remember uh, we Ultimate. Won, yep. And then we went, we, uh, we won the World Cup, so... Nice. That was a huge accomplishment for us. It just, you know, these boys out of Connecticut with, you know, no sponsors, really, just, you know, support from our local field. And, you know, we're all just like paying our way to get there and just working our ass off every weekend. So I had to have played you guys. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I swear I played Hogan. Yeah, yeah, you probably did for sure. I, I think the next year um, we, we might have played you guys. And I, I want to say that was 2005. Well, I know Maybe 2004. I'm not sure. It had what year did you? Uh... 2004. The end of 2000, World 2004. Cup 2004 is when was okay. my first event with Excessive. But that whole year, and I believe the year before, we were D2 X Ball. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we started off D2 all the way up until World Cup, and yeah. then we split the division, and we ended up having to bump to D1. I said we had so, to play you guys at least once. Yeah, I'm sure we did, but. I definitely remember playing Tetman. I just can't remember if you were on the team or not. But yeah, yeah. Either way, I mean, those were some some good times in, in my paintball career. Dude, divisional like so. I I try and always think back on it because I feel like the divisional field and divisional play and that whole kind of group and is its own like separate world, right? From the from the pros because we have we have our little groups and everything in the pros and right. But there's such a different. <laughs> feeling because i remember i remember those divisional games i remember playing in those divisions and it's such a different feel over there like so much grittier almost you know what i mean 
It really is. It's because, I mean, you're paying for this. Like, this yeah. is your life right here. Like, you're working. You know, I remember, like, most of the guys on the team would work, and their whole paycheck would just go to paintball events. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, like, you're going out there, and you're just fighting. You know, you're not sponsored. You don't have any fans out there. You're just – all you have are your, you know, your teammates with you, and that's yeah. it. So, I mean, it's cool because I coach a D2 team, uh, preferred mob in D2. And, you know, like, I see myself when I was younger you know in that team and i know the feeling and um you know it's cool to actually go down there and actually see what's going on in the lower divisions and there's some really good talents still down there you know oh, yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of players that are you know going to be playing pro eventually um so it's, yeah. it's cool to go check that out yeah yeah for sure because you know and just like every generation you know we only know the we only know the upbringing that we have coming through the ranks right and and every generation has its own uh its own you know version of pros coming up and and divisional teams that are staying there and fights and battles that are happening and you yeah know, there's always going to be that next group and the next run of pro teams and players right. and if you ask me i mean it's almost too the way pros play the game and the way division to play, play the game is it's almost completely different games because yeah. me and Ryan Brand try to run some of our, our game plans and they just don't work because it's like, wait a second, like we're not playing against a pro team that's expecting something like this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like it just doesn't work. Like it's almost two different games being played the way pros play the game and the way divisional guys play the game. And I mean, I remember as a divisional player looking on the pro field and being like, holy shit, like, you know, like they're, you know, lanes are perfect. Like you mm-hmm. It's all about timing. I mean, you know, in pro league, it's all yeah. about your timing. Right. And in D two, like, it's not really about timing. It's about who's going to make the move first. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it it's different. But I mean, you, you know how it is. Do you think? Do you think the pro level is at least coming from you know from your from uh, from your perspective? Do you think the pro level is very predictable, or do you think the pro level is the pro level because we are unpredictable? I think it's. It's only predictable because we've all been playing against each other for the past 10 years. Mm. I mean, every, I feel like, you know, like coaches nowadays are, you know, like I, I hear Ryan Brand, um, you know, before games and he's like, okay, you know, I remember it was against the Ironman. He's like, all right, I know Todd watched our games. I know Todd, you know, is going to change his game plan. So I need to prepare myself to change what Todd is going to change. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's, it's almost more on the coaches nowadays. Like, yeah. when we're playing player to player, like, I know what my players are going to do on my side. I, I mean, you know, you know how it is. You know, mm-hmm. you're playing against Keith Brown, you know what to expect in the snake. You're playing against Mouse, you know what to expect. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, yeah, to, to a point, yeah, I feel like the players can predict it more. And I think it's more on the coaches now to kind of predict what kind of style of game plan they're going to they're gonna run. Yeah, because I feel like from the player's perspective, from our perspective, like the, the front um, position is like how and where I shoot is kind of I'm thinking about it like, okay, what would I do? Like where would I come out and snap shoot if I was on the other side of the field? Or right. you know, what kind of move would I do? So then, okay, I'd shoot this lane because if I were him and I were up bodies like that, I would try and make this move. It's kind of like – and it's weird because you, you're trying to predict what they're going to do without really, really knowing what they're doing. Right. It's like a game of chess. I mean, you're trying yeah. to plan out three moves ahead and also try to think like, 
okay, if I was in this situation, I would probably do this. So let me be prepared for this, but also get ready to do my, my, my move, you know? And all making that decision so, in right a second. In like the snap of a finger. And that's why I like, that's why I love that, like, you know, you're playing a match. So like, it's not like the old days where five man, if it didn't work, like, you know, you have to wait and wait until you can maybe play this team again in the finals. You know, here it's like, all right, we're coming right back out, you know, time to like think differently. So you kind of have to adjust how you think sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a game of chess out there every time. So do you like the split deck or do you, would you rather go just? Um, I mean, like for, to me, I, I personally would rather, you know, for a spectator view, I think, um, you know, not split deck is the way to go mm-hmm. because I feel like people, you know, like I bring my girlfriend sometimes, I bring some friends to events and, you know, it gets confusing when it's like, okay, this team's up, wait, that's four for this team or whatever, you know, so and now people don't side. know paintball. Yeah. Right. But like, I do like split deck to get more games running, more action played, you know, less time uh, where there's nothing happening. Um, and it's, you know, it's better for us to take a little longer break so we don't need as many players and you can play, you know, your your starters more often mm-hmm. um so i mean there's there's pros and cons for for both yeah i mean i'd even like to see it if they can even cut off a minute like because what right now it's f- like 45 seconds yeah i think it's 45 right now like even if we went to let's say a minute you know and then mm-hmm. but you but just had it team a versus team b and then have it a minute in between points and then but even then even then, it's, it's kind of tough because I, I miss playing, you know, those those quarters and finals games where it's just you versus them, and you can focus on point to point basis, and there's no downtime right. as far as you know your play goes. I feel like that's such. I like being in the action all the time, and and you right. can, and you can focus. I feel a lot more when the momentum is kind of just you know going for the games. Yeah, no, I agree. And- you know, like, uh, I personally like that style better, too. And, you know, that's why I try to get to the finals so we can play that. <laughs> that's a good strategy. <laughs> so. um, all right. So you guys win Hogan's Alley. Uh, yeah. You guys win. You guys are, that was what you said? Uh, 2004. 2004. Now going into. 2004 D1. Next year. So 2005 is where my career started changing. And, um. Uh, it was mainly by a guy named Jeff Stein. Uh, yeah. He was the – so I remember I used to look at Jeff Stein the way I look at, like, Bill Belichick now. <laughs> as like, you know, like, Bill Belichick is the coach of, you know, the best football team ever. And, you know, like, the Hurricanes weren't the best team ever, but they were the best team around us, you know, mm-hmm. the best seven-man team around us. So I'd always look at him as, like, this – you know, like, I didn't know him for, for shit. So, like, when he – he would talk to me, I'd be like, oh, shit, like, this guy knows who I am. Yeah. You know, oh, maybe I have a chance to play with the Hurricanes one day. And we actually, Hogan's Alley picked up a couple of the Hurricanes to play with us, to guess. And They didn't um, play X-Ball? They didn't play X-Ball, no. That year, they did not. They only played Pro 7, man. Gotcha. And in 2005, um, <clears throat> that was when, so it, it was Huntington Beach was the first event. And the Hurricanes played, and they didn't do well at all. So some of the guys, it was Rob Landry, Thomas Mantoni, and Brian Gigliotti. They were guesting with Hogan's for X-Ball. And for Tampa, which was the second event, they were like, hey, you know, like, let's get, pick up this new guy. His name's Billy. 
plays a snake. You know, he's got a lot of potential. Let's see what he can do. So did you always play the snake? So I started, yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> funny story. If you want to, if you want to <laughs> rewind a little, yeah, let's rewind. Um, so it's weird because I remember my first X ball event. It was uh, World Cup t- two thousand three, and I played the Dorito side. But I only played the Dorito side because it was the spectator side. So I kind of always wanted to put myself on the spectator side. Right. So after that, the snake side became the spectator side. So I started playing the snake. And it just kind of became a thing where, like, you know, nobody really likes to play the snake. And if you have somebody that's good at it, why take them out? You know what I mean? So yeah. I just kept playing it and just kept getting better at it. And it just became my, my thing. Now, do you think, so, I mean, do you think coming from a, a snake player to a snake player, do you, I mean, do you think it eventually does become fun, though? I mean, or do you just consider it like a dirty job that you have to do and you just kind of power through it? I mean, I love it. I mean, when I, there's no better feeling to me than getting down the stake and popping up and having three guys' backs to you. Yeah. To me, like, that's an indescribable feeling. That is pretty fun. Um. But yeah, it does suck. Like, there's a lot of work to it, but you know, um, it's got the best reward. So, you know, it's it's hard to say that it's a uh, you know a shitty job, but you know, I enjoy it. <laughs> so, so hurricanes um, decide to pick you up solely because you're a snake player. Um, not only because I was a snake player, mainly they were kind of missing that spot, and they were just looking to kind of change their team a little bit, add a a younger guy, and, you know, bring some new talent, and just see where it went. Right. I remember, it was only a one-event deal at the time. Uh, I was kind of just to see, like, how I fit in and how it worked out, and um, I remember the first game we played was against uh, the London Tigers, and they had, like, Tim Montrester and those guys, and... I remember being in the snake against Tim, mm-hmm. and like I was going to bunker him or something, and like something happened. He popped up, like smoked me, and, and I got shot, and yeah. you know walked off. And um, I just remember feeling like, damn it, you know, like that was my big chance to like you know show them I could do something. And mm-hmm. you know our next game was against Dynasty, and I'm like, fuck, like now I got to play against Dynasty, or you know now I, I actually didn't even expect them to play me, so. I remember they called the line who was playing and it was, you know, I was on it. So first time playing pro first time playing dynasty. Uh, they told me to go snake off the break. I do. Um, it was kind of a longer game from what I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, uh, coming out down the wire at one point and shooting Oliver and like in my head I knew it was Oliver too and I was just like, holy shit. Just like thinking like, <laughs> big grin on wow, your face. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, we slowly closed that game out and we ended up winning it. And, you know, to me, it was like, holy shit, I beat Dynasty my first pro event. I mean, of course, they won the event, but, right. you know, well, your I confidence had to, Yeah, your confidence had to have yeah. been boosted at that point. Yeah, and from there on out, you know, you know, no matter who we played next, it was like, hey, I just made a snake against Dynasty. I just shot one of the best players in the world. Like, I can keep doing this. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, my confidence level grew. And I remember we went... Um, I think it was four and four or I don't remember how the, how the points went, but we just missed the cut. And it was, it was like a, it was a good job for the hurricanes at the time. You know, it sucked not making the cut, but yeah, you know, it showed we had potential and we can do good. So, um, you know, obviously from there I, I made the team and, 
I became one of the, you know, one of the core guys. So, yeah, that's cool. I think, um, I'm trying to think back. Um, I want to say we made the cut in the next event, but we, uh, we didn't make the top four cause I, it went to top eight, you played all eight teams and then you, you know, make top four after that. So yeah. I, I want to say we, we made the top eight, um, we did okay, but we didn't make the top four. Um, but you know, like we we were like this young team that had a lot of potential, and then yeah, I remember playing you guys, and yeah. I, and actually that's where I remember you from was the Hurricanes from playing, playing right. seven man. Yeah. So uh, the next event after after that was Miami 2005, and that was the ESPN filming. Yeah. And I feel like that was the event that like made my you know, made me known to all pro players. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, it was just, I played really well and the Hurricanes played really well. And I just remember before the event, um, Jeff Stein had told us like, hey, you know, if we make top eight, we get to be filmed by ESPN because they only filmed the top eight teams. Mm-hmm. They didn't film the prelims. So it was hard enough for us to make top eight as it was. And, you know, now with this kind of pressure, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> so, um, and I remember, I, I want to say it was JC Whittington just being, you know, being JC and kind of like said something to me because I was like talking about it and it kind of like said something like cocky, like, well, what do you care? You know, you're not going to be on it anyways. And I was just like, okay, cool. You yeah. Know? And whatever. Um, long story short, we ended up playing Arsenal and we beat them and <laughs> we made, we made the top eight, not yeah. only because of that game, but we, we played well and, you know, we actually had a, a decent showing in the top eight. And I think that's where my snake career was defined was me on ESPN consistently in the snake, uh, being productive and, and, you know, just, just shooting people and. You know, yeah. it was uh, it was it was a tough field too, from what I remember. So yeah. there wasn't a lot of snake action. And so like me being this young guy, able to like continuously do it, it was you know it was what you know. I remember Maddie Marshall came up to me. Uh, a funny story actually. After that event, JC actually picked up me, Thomas, and and Son at the time. <laughs> so I, I guess I won his respect that year. There you go. Um, and I remember being out of practice with it with Arsenal that year. And it was the first event of the year, and Maddie Marshall came up to me, and I didn't know Maddie. I knew mm-hmm. who he was, obviously. And he's like, "Hey, like, dude, I've been wanting to meet you. You're Bernaccia. How do you say your last name?" He says, and it's like Bernaccia, Bernaccia. And uh, you know, I tell, you know, I start talking to him. He's like, "Dude, he's like, call your grandparents, call your aunts, call your uncles. Like, you know, everybody's gonna want to watch this." He's like, "You killed it. Like, you know, good for you. Um, you know, you're gonna love it." Yeah. So. Yeah, like that was, you know, what kind of defined my snake career. Yeah, yeah, that so. was a fun event too because um, I play. I was playing on uh, New York Energy at the time, and okay, and yeah. we had won the semi pro. We had we had won uh, a pro spot yeah. at that event. Yeah, I, I was, remember. I was playing that snake side, and it was. See, I think honestly, overall, I really, really enjoyed playing up the middle and snake on seven man. Yeah, because for I feel, sure. I feel like there's not as much pressure. In you know during seven man uh, games on the snake side, like there is an X ball because I feel like X ball yeah. the expectation is to get in the snake and go the fuck down the snake, right? right? And and then the same mindset goes into uh, the seven man play, 
but you have a little bit more time. You you can I feel like you can get a little bit more comfortable and be <laughs> sneaky as shit too. You know, right, so. right. And and granted, the bunkers were a little bigger back then, so it was a little easier to you know move around. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying. I miss Seven Man, man. It's it's it was yeah. so much fun. I feel like that was. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to like knock X ball or anything like that because that's that's fun too. I like the athleticism. I like the 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 pace. But I think Seven Man is truly like my favorite, hands down. Just I, I like kind of the time in between games too, where you got to sit down with the team and kind of go over the field and everything, and kind of right. strategize against all these other teams. And yeah, and I, it's just I enjoyed it so much. It was so much fun. I remember the one thing I didn't like about Seven Man was back in the day when you had to walk like five or six fields. Remember? Yeah. There used to be different field layouts. That was the one thing I didn't like about Seven. But yeah, everything else, I agree. It was a, um, it was more of uh, you know, I, I mean, X-Ball now without coaching is is kind of back to the way I, I like it with no coaching and right. you know, working together, communication, and you know, to me, like communication is one of the biggest parts of our game now. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have if you can't communicate with your team and you know, figure things out, there's no way you're going to make it. You know, yeah. you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it. You know, you have to work together and not only work with your side, like work with your whole field. You mm-hmm. know? And that's one thing that X factor struggled with in the beginning. And, and, you know, we're starting to get better at that, which is why we've been more consistent this year and last year. Yeah. No, I get, but, I definitely I mean, there's see always that. room for improvement, you know, we're always yeah. trying to uh, get better at that for sure. Do you remember uh, on the Super Sevens? Do you remember the the center tent with the oranges and the the bananas and the water cooler and everything? I do remember that. Yes, <laughs> I thought you were talking about a bunker. At first. Oh no, no, no! Like in yeah, the, yeah, in the yeah. pits. Yep. Yeah, there was like water and yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That, that was definitely cool. I wish and they it was would cool do that. To, like kind of like all like you know group around together and you know. Yeah, because it was like kind of just like bullshit. 10 minutes in between games or some shit. So you just, I'm going to go grab like three or four oranges, a couple bananas, come back. Yeah. Yep. It was fun. Yeah. That, that was, that was cool too. So, all right. So you get picked up by Arsenal after, uh, after that 2005 Miami event. Yeah. I mean, how did that go down? Did, was it, so way, yeah. Hey, I'm going uh, to play. I guess for them? I'll, uh, well, I mean, it was kind of like, I remember the hurricanes were eclipsed at the time and they were changing sponsors to some alien gun. And to me, like, I just didn't want to shoot the gun. You know, I, I love the team. I love the guys. And, you know, to me, I thought Arsenal was the better team at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of regretted the decision after it was made, but you know, what can you do? It still led me to where I am today. So right. whatever. But yeah, I was actually on Doc's Raiders for X-Ball at the time. Yeah. Because I got picked up 2005 at the end of the year by Doc's and we won the World Cup. And it's hard to put all this together, seven man and X-Ball. But <laughs> yeah, so like Rateable. after Hogan's after Hogan's was done, I went to Doc's for World Cup. And the next year, they were having a pro team, which was going to be the Miami Raiders. Um, so I made the pro team. We kind of had – they had a tryout. You know, that was when Strange kind of merged with us, and they weren't sure who they were going to pick up for the pro team. And I remember uh, Paul Richards said something to 
to Doc, and Doc had told me, like, he's like, hey, that, that Billy kid, uh, yeah, he's playing with protein. <laughs> so, no, nah, that was pretty cool. Um, dog. So, <laughs> what's that? Is that the dog? Oh, yeah, yeah. Kid was running around the house. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, um, after that, it was, you know, I had to play seven man with, I was playing seven man with Arsenal because I had already committed to them in the off season. Yeah. And I was playing, you know, with, with Doc for X-Ball and Doc was always like, Hey, you need to play seven man with us. And the only reason I didn't want to do it was because they didn't have a pro spot. They were playing semi-pro trying to win a pro spot. Right. And I was already on a pro team and I was like, man, like I want to play pro. Like I joined Arsenal, like, let me just play with them. Uh, long story short, after the second event, I realized Arsenal wasn't a home for me, mm-hmm. and we kind of just went our separate ways, and I joined Docs full-time, and we ended up winning the season that year, winning a pro spot, so that year and the following year, I was full Docs Raiders, um, and we had a really good team. We just never could find that, you know, last bit effort to, to win an event. But yeah. we, you know, we, we were in the top four a decent amount of time in X-Ball. You know, we finished in top four with seven man too. So, um, you know, like those were, that also was uh, a good part of my learning how to be, you know, actually like a play more like a professional paintball player. Like Paul Richards kind of like elevated my game by kind of slowing me down. Because at that time I was just like a rocket that went to the snake. Right, you know, snake off the brake, snake off the brake. You know, go as fast as you can. And Paul kind of taught me how to think a little more methodical, um, and you know how to like kind of uh, you know uh, think about my moves ahead. And right, and um, yeah, so so yeah, like I'm you know I'm definitely thankful for the days I had with Docs Readers because of that reason. And uh, you know, I remember when I was leaving Docs, it was kind of a hard thing for me to do because. You know, I really liked Doc and I really respected Doc, but I remember Coach Paul had moved on and, you know, the team was changing and a lot of things just weren't going the way it was. And mm-hmm. I was home practicing a lot with the Hurricanes and I kind of missed where I came from. Yeah. So long story short, again, uh, it was World Cup and I called Doc and I was like, hey, I want to play seven men with the Hurricanes again. So I'm quitting the seven-man team, and he flipped that. He's like, you mother, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Doc, and you know, that yeah. was Doc's character. I mean, you know, I miss him a lot. I wish I, you know, I wish I had an opportunity to see him before he passed away, but yeah, fortunately I didn't. Yeah, the few times um, I had interactions with him, he was, yeah. he was a character. I mean, he man. was just, dude, he was one of a kind. I mean, he was just, you know, one of the nicest, funniest guys, and he was just so competitive, and yeah. that's what made him crazy. <laughs> but you know so i quit the seven man team and basically got you know told you know you're not gonna play seven man, you're not gonna play x-ball either right so i went back to the hurricanes and we started finishing in the top four so to me it was the right move mm-hmm. you know we were doing well and you know now i'm searching for an x-ball team and here comes mike henman <laughs> and uh, that's how i became a uh, san diego aftermath player so how did that come? How did that come about? Like, how did you? Did you just know Hinman? Like, I knew Hinman, yeah, just from you know, just from going, uh, you know, being at the field and you know, talking to him, playing against him on he was on Dynasty at the time, and you know, I was we respected each other, and he was, you know, I thought to me like he was one of the best coaches also at the time. So 
I remember hitting him up being like, hey, uh, I need a team for World Cup. I think I can play with you guys. And they were D1 at the time, and they were like, yeah, for sure. Um, so I ended up playing with them, and uh, then the next year they were like, hey, we're going pro. Are you sticking with us, or are you going somewhere else? And I was like, you know, I remember thinking about I was like, give me a couple of days to think about it. And, mm-hmm. and I ended up telling them, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. I never so, remember you playing for X or uh, yeah. San Diego Aftermath for some reason. Yep, we played that one event in D two or D one. You guys beat us on Avalanche. You were on that team, I think. You were playing with them then. Yeah, it was me, Todd. I remember it was me, Todd Martinez was playing. Scott Kemp, uh, Mouse wasn't on the team. Mouse was on the Ironman. Mm-hmm. It was Dalton. Um, I can't remember who else. Rainy might have been on the team too. I think Rainy was on the team. And uh, I remember talking to Mouse at World Cup, and he said he was coming back. And that was another reason. I was like, oh, you know, we could have a really good team next year. Yeah. So I ended up playing that full season with them until uh, Mike pulled the plug on the team. I remember Avalanche and uh, Aftermath had a good like little rivalry yeah. going on that year. Yeah. Yep. So played with Aftermath. That was 2008 all the way till 2009 when I went back to the Hurricanes again. <laughs> Because they were going to, uh, they had uh, got a pro X ball spot. Mm-hmm. So at this time, I'm playing, you know, so, so let me back up a little bit. Being <laughs> from the East Coast, there's not a lot of options for teams. So, like, that's why I'm always traveling somewhere. And, you know, right. there's not like, you know, home teams where, like, you can consistently be on. So, like, for me, being this guy from the East Coast, it's, it's hard for me to, like, find a team that I could stay with. And, you know, at this time, I'm like, all right, so going back to the Hurricanes, and I had, Avalanche for seven men with Frank, and I feel like the Hurricanes just weren't built for X ball. Mm-hmm. You know, they played seven men for so long that transitioning over to X ball, like we just couldn't figure it out. You know, as a team, we just couldn't figure it out. We had experienced players like myself and Thomas Mantoni, and you know, we brought in BJ from uh, Strange back in the day to coach us, and we just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, and, you know. We ended up just, you know, calling it quits and Jeff pulled the plug on the team. Sponsorship was kind of gone and, you know, everybody was kind of over it. And So you jumped on Avalanche that, right when I left? Avalanche, yes, correct. For, when, as soon as Frank took over the team, he called me and was like, hey, Avalanche is, you know, looking for players. We're an Eclipse team. I know you're playing for Hurricanes. Yeah. Um, do you want to play seven-man with us? And I was like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, because I think it was like halfway through the 2008 season is when I jumped over to Infamous, and it was really because of a, I had because I loved Avalanche. I, I think we had a pretty decent damn team, um, but there was like we we weren't gonna play we weren't gonna play X ball. I still wanted to play X ball and Seven Man, and and it was like no, no, you can't you can't do that. And I was like, dude, I'll find. I'll find a team that has the same sponsors, you know, right. all this, blah, blah, blah. He goes, no, not happening. And then I think he let uh, uh, Tilljack play for a team. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you let Danny play for – I want to go play for, you know, an X-Ball team too. Or a... yeah. And, yeah, and that's when I just – I jumped over to, to Infamous. And I think, yeah, that's when you, uh, you came on afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was hard back in the day to find a team that played both. And mm-hmm. players like us, like, we're like, I want to play everything. You exactly. Know? This is my life, you know. I didn't work a real job at the time. Like, I played paintball mm-hmm. full time. And so, like, I wasn't missing events. So, 
it was hard to find two, you know, a team that played both, and it was even hard to find two teams that are looking for a player with the same sponsors. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, so I mean, I made it work. Um, you know, we had a solid uh, showing with Avalanche. You know, I think we finished in the top two a couple times. Um, but you know, we were kind of like oh, towards the end, it became like a throw together team. You know, guys from all over the place, right. uh, never practicing and. You know, we were just getting by by pure skill. You know, no teamwork really. We just, mm-hmm. you know, we just had good players at the time, and it just worked for us. You know, but yeah. that doesn't work for that long. You know, once teams start figuring it out, yeah, you know, it gets harder and harder. Um, but that was 2009. 2010 um, <laughs> started out as a nightmare. <laughs> that was when so so the Hurricanes pulled the plug. They were done. They were bumping down to Division One. Um, they were done playing pro. They, they were rebuilding. And, they were, you know, I remember Jeff called me. He was like, hey, this is going to be a rebuilding year. I don't know if you want to stick around for it. Maybe you come back in a year and we're ready to be competitive. But I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to rebuild with some new kids. Um, so now my options were kind of limited. I'm like, shit, what do I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember Vicious at the time was uh, was playing was, – bumping up the pro and I needed to play for an Eclipse team because I was working at Eclipse at the time and had, you know, I'd been with them for a while. I didn't know you worked there. Yeah, I worked there. I mean, I won't call it really work, but you know, (laughs) I was, uh, you know, I was learning how to tech with, uh, with, um, what's his name, Jerry. And I was doing a lot of South America events, you know, for Eclipse and, you know, they're kind of teaching me how to do tech courses as well when I when I traveled. So I was loyal to Eclipse, so I wanted to stick with an Eclipse team. And Vicious seemed to be the right choice. Um, but, yeah, that turned out to be a nightmare. <laughs> um, now, why, why, was that it, was just, why was it a nightmare? It just, like, I mean, at first it was cool because, like, you know, I got along with Paulie. I knew Paulie pretty well. And, um, you know, I knew of some of the guys. I didn't really personally know them, but I mean, I don't know. I want to say maybe I was the different one. And when I came to the team, I just didn't fit it. You know, like I just didn't, it just didn't work. You know, like I didn't find their jokes funny. I didn't, you know, (laughs) the first thing, (laughs) you know, like I just like, they were like, just, you know, they they were all like, they'd say something stupid and they'd all laugh. And I'd just be like, what? (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Uh, I mean, maybe I was the dickhead to just didn't have the open <laughs> mind, but whatever. Either way, I was uncomfortable there. Yeah. I didn't like all their little rules that they had. And sure. frankly, I just didn't, you know, I didn't think they were that good of a team at the time. And, you know, they got better as time went on, but I didn't want to stick around for it. So yeah. I, I started looking around for a new team. They found out, turned into a big fight, whatever. I'm glad it happened because so after break. that, I got, yeah. I mean, for them, for me, I was kind of like happy. So yeah, yeah. Um, so, so whatever. Um, so you know, what started out to be a nightmare turned into a dream because then I got picked up by Dynasty, and you know that was. Uh, did you reach? That out was to them? the year. What's that? Did you reach out to them? Um, I remember I was talking to Jacko uh, of Eclipse, and he had said, you know, Dynasty might be looking for a player. So he's like, I'm going to give Crandall your number. And I remember Crandall called me and was just like, hey, uh, you know, like, let's let's talk. Like, how can we make this work? And I remember there was a MAO event 
coming up. Um, and he was like, okay, you know, we're going to practice right after that. Can you come to the practice, then drive to the event with us? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I got picked up for that event and we had a decent showing. I think we made the top eight and then we lost. And then, um, God, it's so long ago. I can't remember what, what like actually happened in those events, but I mean, basically that wasn't like, you know, that was when dynasty like kind of like struggled a little bit. Yeah. Um, that was when they didn't have Oliver and, um, I think, uh, who else were they missing? I don't remember, but I, I know like Alex, Yosh and Ryan were there. Mm-hmm. So like, it was really cool to, to be a part of like that core group of guys. And I want to say, like, I learned a lot playing with them and traveled a little bit with them and did some uh, South Africa events. And um, I think Hinman came to coach us for World Cup. And we played pretty good at World Cup and lost in overtime to go to the top four to damage. Um, I remember we got a penalty right before it, and there, it was four and five, and we lost one off the break. So, yeah. Those are hard to win, especially yeah. against Damage at that time. They're, you know, they're one of the best teams. Um, so the next going into 2011, um, I get a call from him and he's like, "Hey man, like I think Dynasty is cutting everybody who's flying in. They're going to be strictly Cali. Like I want to give you the heads up so you can look for a team." And I'm like, "Oh, this again?" <laughs> and um, you know, like basically, yeah. Uh, Archie was on the team at the time, mm-hmm. Chad George, uh, I can't remember who else, but everybody who was flying it. Yeah, everybody who was flying in got cut, and that was the year Oliver came back and they built the California squad. Um, so now I was kind of stuck without a team. And, you know, uh, like I said before, the Hurricanes were rebuilding, and, um, you know, the plan was for me to come back eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going back, but I think I only played two events that year. We won one of them in D1, but I mean, to me, it was like, oh, cool, you know, right. come back to D1 and win it, a big deal. And then I had like other things going on in life. So like I was missing some events mm-hmm. and the next year was 2012. And I remember Frank Connell was like, Hey, like, you know, let's, let's talk about starting like building avalanche up let's make avalanche x ball let's make avalanche seven man let's, let's do this and i'm like hell yeah like i'm in let's do it and like time was just ticking and like nothing was really happening mm-hmm. and it seemed like you know we were all set for seven man but i didn't think we were going to play x ball and that was you know during the off season i got a call from archie and archie and i played on dynasty together and he's like hey man like what are your plans for next year you know, you're kind of like bouncing all over the place. Like, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, well, my plans right now are just, you know, I think Avalanche is going to build something. He's like, hey, man, he's like, we're looking for we're looking for a player. Like, we need a state guy. He's like, dude, I played with you. Like, I know you'll fit in with us. I think you should come out. Like, mm-hmm. we're having these tryouts. He's like, I'm pretty sure if you come out, like, you'll make it. Um, he's like, and Alex thinks so, too, because Alex knew me as a player. But I didn't know Alex personally back then. I just knew him, you know. Right. Just, being at events and he's like you know hey alex is even willing to you know pay your ticket to come out here oh nice so i was like hell yeah i'm in and you know i went out there with an open mind i was like i don't care who i'm playing against right now like you know eclipse was there filming this tryout and i'm like i'm gonna show these kids what i got i'm gonna show x factor that i can play paintball like i don't care i'm playing against so i went out there and i just played my ass off and i remember at the end of the tournament or at the end of the uh 
tryout, Alex was like, hey, man, you really impressed me. And, like, I'm, you know, like, it takes a lot for someone who's an established pro player to, like, go through a trial like this. And he's like, I respect that. And, mm-hmm. you know, from there on out, like, you know, me and Alex were just, you know, we saw eye to eye and he respected me for doing that. And, you know, um, I always say the real tryout was Saturday night when we all went out partying. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, like, the uh, the bonding night that uh, yeah. we were like, all right, Billy's cool. He can hang out with us. <laughs> But, you know, for me, like, X Factor was always, like, you know, the cool guys at the event always having the most fun. You know, like, afterwards, you know, everybody's going out and, you know, like, like for example, like, World Cups, everybody's going to Old Town afterwards. And I just remember X Factor was always, like, the loud, younger kids just always having a good time. And I'd always be like, you know, I didn't really know them, but mm-hmm. just, like, watching them and be like, oh, those guys are fucking cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, honestly... That was the best decision I ever made. I remember taking uh, a, a lot of, of negative words from Frank Connell at the time for, for, for turning my back on him mm-hmm. and, and going over there. But to me, it was the best decision my paint, of my paintball career that I made throughout my whole career. Um, oh, for sure. You know, I, it was the best fit for me. And, you know, it just, I mean, I'm still there after this is my sixth year so. So, I mean, as yeah, six years already, just, yep. 2012. So, or, so five years. Yeah. It'll be six years. This is the sixth year. Um, see, and that's but, a crazy thing because you're, you've been the one solid outside dude that, the, that has just been so consistent yeah. for them. I mean, dude, I mean, you know, it's, they're not an easy team to really fit in when, with, unless you really fit in. I mean, we've gone through so, I mean, you know, Zach Lake was there. It, started out good didn't work out scott kemp you know we love scott you know scott's our boy but just playing wise like his playing style didn't fit in for you too like you know like you you came you played your playing style just wasn't working i mean i don't know what it is with with x factor but it's really just like a it's a different style that like you either have it or you don't and that's why they've gone through so many people and that's why, you know, for me, it was such a good fit that it just, it worked for all these years and yeah. they've continued to fly me out there. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, it was the best decision I made and it really, I don't think I'd be playing paintball anymore if I didn't make that move. Really? Um, so it kind of, yeah, I mean, I mean, I might've played a couple more years, but it, it was getting kind of hard and getting frustrating going back and forth trying to find a team. And, you know, finding this team, that's basically like a family now, you know, like I'm feeling like I'm best friends with some of these guys now and, you know, yeah. have these friendships forever. And uh, so, yeah, it definitely uh, redefined my whole career. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I have been super fortunate to be a part of the program for one year. And, yeah. you know, I, I definitely didn't take the experience for granted. That's for sure. It's because all those kids, every single one of them, including yourself, are so determined to win and be better every single, you know, every point, every game, every mm-hmm. tournament. And Alex is such a down to earth, you know, this is how it is. And and he's one of those guys too though, like even though he's present, if if the situation calls for it, he will let you know that he's present, right? But yeah, other than that, he's, yeah, he's kind of in the in the background letting the team be the team. And I think that is what is that's what I respect so much about him is he's not in there trying to move the puzzle pieces around to see you know what happens. He really lets Ryan do his job. He lets you guys do your job, 
and yeah. he kind of just oversees it. But if he needs to, you know, if he needs to come in and do something about it, he he will. Right. I 100% agree. I mean, the way I look at Alex, he's like a true man. Like he's he he's uh, you know he, he built himself up. You know, he has great business going. He's he does all this paintball for for Texas, and I mean, he's just you know he's there to win. Like he's competitive. He mm-hmm. wants us to win. When I'm on the field, like I want to win for him because you know I love what he does. I love what he does for us. I love how he treats us. I, right. you know, like I feel like I put that extra effort in and play that much harder for Alex. And I mean, I just you know like he he deserves it. You know, he's done everything right and he's continuing to just keep doing it for us. You know, he's not doing it for any other reason. He's not doing it because he wants to play. You know, like he. He still plays with us, but mm-hmm. I mean, he wants us to win. He does it because he truly loves us. Yeah. And I mean, I, I respect the hell out of that. And you know, he's paying out of his own pocket to fly me to Texas all you know every week mm-hmm. before the events. So, I mean, in paintball, like I don't think I can say I respect anyone as much as Alex. Yeah. No, he's definitely up there, even for myself as well. Um, you know, the, yeah. the the one year that I got to be on there, it was just the the amount of of caring and respect that I gained for him and, and what I saw in his caring and, you know, emotions towards the team itself. It's like, it's, it's his kid, you know, that, that baseball team is his, you know, it, it's hard to explain, but it, but it isn't because I feel like that's what every owner should be. Yeah. He has turned us into a family. Like I look at the guys next to me and like, I truly care about them. This is all what Alex built, and this is how he built his team. Like, we are a true family. Like, when we put our hands in and we say family, like, we, we mean it and we feel it. And mm-hmm. we're out there fighting for each other. And, you know, <clears throat> I feel like, you know, Ryan Brand as a coach, like, he's our friend, but he is a respected coach. Like, mm-hmm. we respect him as a coach. And, you know, he is constantly working. You know, like, we talk during the week, and he is, like, working on things what we're going to do at the event, what we're going to do for practice, you know, what moves we're going to make, you know, player wise, you know, even in the off season, like I talked to Ryan Brand at least three times a week. And like, it's all about like, what are we doing next? And he is just that, you know, he's always a step ahead, you know, and that's, you know, I respect the hell out of him as a coach, you know, he's a younger coach and, you know, he played the game, he understands the game and he is, I mean, to me, he's one of the top coaches by far. Oh, 100%. And you can tell that by how consistent you guys are. Because, right. you know, because you being on the you guys being on the field is one thing, but the guy with the clipboard is another. And that 100%. whole machine, that whole machine with Alex, with Ryan, with you guys, it you can tell that it's well, you know, generously greased. And Yeah. I mean, cuz you guys are what how you guys were what in Dallas or in uh, Vegas? Uh, Where did you end up? I believe we finished fourth. And then in Dallas, I believe we finished fourth again. Fourth or third? Yeah, it was like fourth or third. Yes, I think. But fourth. It's, the consistency of the team is just and the talent yeah. level was ridiculous. I mean, we finished third place the last three events last year. Um, so I mean, making the top four isn't our goal anymore. I mean, it's right. kind of getting old. Like we want to win an event. And it seems like every time we lose that top four game, it's by a point or two. And it's, you know, 
because a call went the wrong way or, you know, because, you know, something stupid every time. So it's just about, you know, what Alex always tells us is about finding that, you know, that level where we can just go out there and just do it, you know, just go out there and do it. Don't think about it too much. Like zero, zero, every time you walk on the field, just Mm -hmm. mistake free. And, um, you know, R2 is good at kind of, kind of motivating us at, at the mistake free, you know, it comes down to, you know, a lot of these games come down to a three on three that lasts at least two, three minutes. Right. And the first one to make a mistake is who's going to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all professional paintball players. We all know how to capitalize on a, on a mistake. Yeah. So it's really just mistake free paintball. If you can play mistake free paintball, you're going to win tournaments. And if you make that mistake, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. If I do something stupid, something selfish, if I'm, if I'm on the field and I do something selfish to try to make a move and it's a mistake and I lose my body and I didn't value my body, we're going to lose that point because I was selfish, you know? And it goes for anybody on our team, anybody on any team. If you do a selfish move and you get shot, you're putting your team, you know, in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to forget about it and go out there and win the next point. But I feel like when it comes down to the top four and the top – in the uh, in the top two, it's down to the you know the the points are so much uh, longer, and the uh, the match just kind of like unfolds after the second point. It's either like you're gonna win it, or you're gonna lose it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and it's you know a lot of it is is teamwork and communication. And those long drawn out points, it's all about communication, figuring it out together. You know, making moves off of each other, and I feel like that's why Impact's so good because they. They lose a body, they hunch down, they communicate, they talk to each other, they figure it out, they even up the body count, and they don't make mistakes. And that's why they've been in the top finals every freaking event for the past two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, it's just about being mistake-free. Now, what, uh, what do you think X Factor is missing uh, not being able to break into the finals. I mean, I feel like we have what we need. Like we're not missing any players or anything. Like we have, this is the lineup that we can do damage with. I think right. it's just, like I said, like we're losing the, you know, this, the three on three points, losing a one on one here and there. Just, you know, it's just, it's coming right down to the wire and it's just not going our way mm-hmm. yet, you know? So we just, we need to be more consistent. We need to be able to uh, to lose a body and, and hunker down and figure it out together as a team. And yeah. those are some of the things that Ryan has prepared drills for us to, to figure out. And, you know, that's how we've been practicing. Yeah. So. Now, going back, I want to go back to our match in Dallas. Okay. Um, now, when you guys were going, when you guys were going into the match, did you – and I'm assuming that you did. Did Ryan have you kind of a game plan for us? Did you guys watch our match against uh, the Outlaws and kind of have a good idea of what we were going to do? Um, what day did we play? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was Friday. No, no, no. It was Saturday. Because Saturday I think it was first morning. game Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Ryan. You know, I mean, we usually go to bed because I think we had afternoon sessions. So we yeah. probably we we ate and then we all went to bed. Ryan and David Griffin, who's our assistant coach, mm-hmm. they usually stay up and they watch footage and they take notes and they 
you know, they, they share it with us in the morning. So like I said, you know, like you could do something, you know, 10 times and Ryan could be thinking like, all right, he's going to change that because he did it 10 times and it only worked four times or mm-hmm. something, you know, and you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be ready for that. But yeah, you know, like Ryan, we, we have our codes to, to call before the point and, and figure out like who's going to go where. And um, yeah, like we're prepared for each team and personnel as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure like, you know, if you see me in a sprint stance, Bruno has a, a code that I'm going to go snake off the break, you mm-hmm. know? So it's the same, similar things that like Ryan's doing for us. Damn. I feel like we had a really good match because we were coming off that, that kind of sour yeah. loss against uh, Heat because I feel like we mm-hmm. were in that game. But I feel like we had a really good match. Um, yeah. It was really bad. Honestly, I mean, you know, you guys have a lot of new guys on the team. And before we practiced you, we probably didn't give you the respect you guys deserved. And oh, once yeah, we, we practiced, practiced you, once we practiced you guys, we were like, these guys could fucking play. Like, these new kids are good paintball players. So, like, we're like, we cannot come out flat against Aftershock. We have to play Aftershock. You know, and you want to play everybody as, as they're, you know, the be- as, as they're the impact, you know? Yeah. You know, you want to play everybody like like they're, you know, they can beat you. But, you know, you know how it is. You're playing a, a fourth-tier team or something. You're like, yeah, you know, playing PC Katana. Let's, you know, let's go out there and, and look for the glory moves. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really do that when you respect the team. And I feel like after that practice, we respected you guys more. And, you know, we we had to play, we had to play our game to beat you. Yeah, I think we really do. We stepped on our dicks so much, especially because I feel like you guys went up a couple points on us, and then mm-hmm. we sent six guys out there, and I think the momentum just yeah. I I forgot about that. <laughs> Man, I remember being in my bunker and being like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, and they're like, "Get back in your bunkers." So like, <laughs> I'm like loading my loader, and I'm like, "Okay, now what?" Like, this, I thought someone shot the bunker, mm-hmm. and like Ryan Brand's like yelling, "Like back left three He's like telling us where you guys are. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden they're like, get off the field. And we're like, what the fuck? And then like we get off the field and Alex is like, they had six guys out there. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> hey, <dude. laughs> okay. I mean, like, I don't even, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can answer the question. Like, how did that go down? Dude, okay. So, just... <laughs> so I wasn't out there, uh, but I kind of, <laughs> all right, let's just clear. <laughs> let's clear that. Let's clear that. I was, I, was... <laughs> I played the point before. And I needed a breather because I have asthma. <laughs> but uh, but I needed a breather, and I'm kind of watching it. And I guess, uh, fuck, I guess Bruno was like yelling out spots of of who needs to go out there, and he was telling LJ uh, Parrish. He he was like, okay, I need you to go here, and then LJ kind of started to walk away, and he said next point, and then. And then he started calling out oh, the other spots. So all okay. LJ heard was that he needed to go here. And then before you know yeah. it. I just remember talking to Nick. And Nick was like, yeah, I broke out, heard the horn. I looked to the left, saw three guys. Looked to the right, saw two guys. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he, like, Nick knew like right away when the buzzer went off. Yeah. Know, like, we're all like confused. Like Nick told me, he's like, I knew right away. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree. I think right then and there, that's like a huge error. And like we were saying before, like mistake-free paintball, mm-hmm. you know, those mistakes carry over. You make a mistake, you know, who's going to blow up on you in the pit when you go in there? 
Mm-hmm. Once your pit is all screwed up, now you're like, you're trying to like figure your shit out and like, you know, get yourself back together. You go out there and, you know, you have another bad point. Yeah, so yeah I agree. It's a game of momentum. Well, one thing I do disagree on is I feel like if they're going to give you guys the automatic point, I feel like we shouldn't have to start with four the next point. And I didn't know that. Yeah. That was a thing, actually, either. I didn't know that you started with four the next point. Yeah, it, that was an, it was an automatic point that, that point for you guys. We, so mm-hmm. there was that, and then the next point we had to start with four, and then we lost that point. So like right when the oh, right when the um the six man action happened, yeah, like, dude, I was in the pits and I saw it go down, and when I heard what it was, I <clears throat> like I kind of lost it a little bit. I grabbed a bag of paint, and I threw it against the table because I knew, like I I knew at that point against a team like X Factor, like you guys, that that was the fucking sword in the heart because. We're a team that feeds off momentum. Oh, exactly. We get that little momentum, like we're all coming, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I can imagine how you're feeling after oh, that. Oh my god, because I, I felt like we were on the momentum, coming back, like getting back into the game, and and that happens, and it's just a fucking downward spiral after that. And yeah. uh, you know, against you guys, I knew that it was going to be tough to to be able to come back from that. But uh, but who did you guys um who'd you guys drop to? Because you guys made it to uh, Sunday, and who'd you drop to? So the next game we played was was Heat. Mm-hmm. That was that the last uh, prelims game, and we lost in overtime to them. Um, we went into did that put them on Sunday? Or yeah, they were, we were both. That was just for the top two seed. Oh, so okay. it was whoever won it was the first seed, whoever lost was the second seed. So we ended up losing it in overtime. It was a really good game, though. Um, and we played, we drew the Russians first round. We beat them pretty convincingly. I can't remember the final score, but it was, we beat them by a good amount. Um, and the, I remember the momentum change. It was, uh, it was a long drawn out. I think it was a two on three at one point, And it was me and Archie and I'd shot the snake guy and filled in the snake. And I remember Malloy like was in the snake and snuck out of it, you know, doing Malloy things. <laughs> and, you know, me and Archie just had such good communication to figure out what was going on that once we figured it out, Archie makes this move and just, you know, shoots the last two guys and we win the point right there and just took all the momentum. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then we, we drew impact next and they've knocked us out of, I think like five or six tournaments now. Jeez. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, again, there was a lot of drawn out points and, we won the first one, lost the second one, and um, man, I've watched this game like so many times too. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like dumb things, man. It's just uh, we just <laughs> we ended up going into I think we went to oh we were about to go into overtime. Oh, there was like a minute and twenty left, and it's a tie game. Mm-hmm. And we went out there and we're like, hey, we're gonna risk Billy going snake off the break. If that happens, you know. Grayson moves into this other bunker and crosses. And if we you make it. Overtime. If, no, no, sorry. If we lose me, we were set up, Ryan okay. set up to go into overtime. So I went snake off the break. I remember getting shot in my heel on my foot diving in. Ugh. And I was like hoping the ref didn't see it. You could it. feel it, and, yeah. You know, yeah, I felt it. He saw it. And I'm like, what? Oh, man. <laughs> but having said that, we shot one of their guys out. So it was a four on four. Yeah. But the way Ryan had set the play up was that Grayson needed to make a move 
so that we were kind of like crossed mm -hmm. and Grayson never made that move. I don't know. I don't remember what happened. Like Mike looked inside from that, you know, that back little mini W. Yeah. And Grayson stayed because there was a, cow, a W guy and it, it's, it got Grayson and Colt stuck in the back center. Mm -hmm. And, or it was Grayson and LJ. Uh, either way, that move never happened. So Mike turns and then all of a sudden they just come flying down. Uh, Archie tries to make a move to release some pressure for the guys stuck in back center. He gets shot. They come down, shoot everybody, and we hang the flag with like 20 seconds left. And, you know, the next point was the 20 second point. And, those, you know, you know, those are hard to win. I mean, you got to get yeah. a good break. You got to get G's off the break. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I got, I think we lost like two guys off the break and just never really had a chance to win that point. And that was just, you know. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, it was a it was a good game. I mean, we're, we always have good games with Impact, mm -hmm. and I mean, there was no one to blame. I mean, you know, you look after the point after the game. I mean, there was really no one to blame. I mean, yeah, Grayson didn't make that move, but like, you know, we we still could have like held it down. And I don't know. I mean, just we're right there. You know, little yeah. things that are just you know that could have went either way. Could have went either way. We both both lost the guy off the break. Whoever wanted it more than was going to take it, and we got stuck in the back bunkers. Yeah, and they they attacked, so so they well, took it. I know, I know that you guys are on the verge of of breaking that finals, and and hopefully mm -hmm. it could be against aftershock because I feel like yeah, why not? <laughs> I feel like fuck, man. It's like we've we've definitely taken our beatings already this year, and you know, there's no. I mean, we're in fucking last place, so it's like we don't really have any other option. Yeah. At least in my eyes, than to just suck it up and just start, you know, just start coming out and performing. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like your guys, because they're newer, like they're only going to get better. So, you know, having an experienced player like yourself and Bruno, I mean, you're only going to make those guys better. And like you said, you're in last place. So there's nowhere to go but up. So you have no pressure on you. <laughs> and I hate personally. I hate playing teams like that. Mm -hmm. I hate playing teams that have nothing to lose because you never know what the hell they're going to do. And yeah. like, you know, I know you guys don't want to be last place and I know you guys are better than last place. So, yeah. you know, I'm hoping we don't have to draw you guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's... think we did though. No, no. I think, I think AC is going to be, it's going to be a good event. Um, yeah. Know, I just, it has to be, you know, cause I don't have much time playing left. So, you know, I want every, I want every match and every point and every tournament to, to mean something. So, Yeah, for sure. Well, Billy, um, I dude, I really appreciate you sitting down with me and, and chatting. Yeah, man. I appreciate and, you having me on here. I think these are definitely really cool. And I'm glad you're doing it for the sport. No, thank you. And I, and I feel like stories like yours and, uh, and, and other pros and other people and, and influences in, this, in our sport, the stories need mm. to be heard. And, you know, what better way than the horse's mouth? For sure. So, well, Billy, I uh, I will see you soon because I know we'll run into each other sometime in AC. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. So I appreciate, so hit man. Some, uh, hit some casinos. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I have terrible luck gambling as well. Uh, yeah, me too. No, I'm really good. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, safe travels in uh, to wherever you go, man. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, we'll see. You. Okay. Yeah, later. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to uh, to sit down with Billy and kind of see where he came from. I don't really know, didn't really know his story, and 
you know, I know he was from the East Coast, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool that he just started playing paintball, not at a paintball field, but like in a building and in the woods, and that's kind of where his uh, his his love and, and respect for the sport kind of started to grow. And uh, it's always interesting because I I would have said like a birthday party or something like that, but. You know, I'm surprised every time whenever I talk to these guys. So, uh, so make sure to go over and uh, and find Billy on Instagram. It's just Billy Bernaccia, no space, last name B E R N A C C H I A, and uh, that's Billy Bernaccia. And on Facebook, same thing, Billy Bernaccia. Go follow him. Um, great guy, and you know, amazing athlete and snake player. So, thank you so much, Billy. Uh, another quick shout out to our sponsors, DrPaintball.com. Uh, again, they have uh, they have marker and gear financing uh, for anybody out there that uh, that needs a little help getting uh, some of the best gear out there. Uh, so, DrPaintball.com. Also, Midwest Clothing LLC.com for all of your headgear needs or your tech mat needs or really any custom products you guys want out there that they can provide uh, they will help you out uh, vantrition.com for your sporting supplements preload reload proteins they also have samples if you want to uh, if you want to check them out vantrition.com planet eclipse makers of the cs 1.5 the newest marker that they have out but they also have the uh, program paintball pants that's uh, that are out there they have uh the jerseys, they have the other markers, they have the G-Tag, they have all kinds of stuff. Make sure to check them out at planeteclips.com and also to carbonpaintball.com. Not only do they make the base layer for, uh, for you know, tournament or recreational play, they also have, uh, they have an awesome pair of pants over there, a jersey, uh, and a pack. And the pack is the I'm pretty sure the most popular thing. It has a little pump on the side to to form to your back to make sure that that thing doesn't slip around. Because um, that's one of the bigger issues that I have anyway. Is like whenever I dive into the snake, I can never get my pack tight enough, and I'm always like adjusting it as I'm diving out to a corner or something like that. So um, so make sure to check it out at CarbonPaintball.com. And guys, remember, you know it's you know without you this is uh this is really tough to do I'm, i'd be talking to nobody so uh, i really appreciate it and make sure you check me out at cmark kizzle on instagram also the playing on podcast uh over there on that little thing called instagram uh, facebook is c <laughs> is carl microwave markowski um and the podcast is under the playing on podcast so uh, make sure to like share uh, you know all that good stuff get the word out there and keep listening that's the biggest thing Uh, you know i enjoy doing these and i hope to bring you guys more content each and every week so uh so thank you for that and until next time guys we will be right here on this stage this little stage that i have set up in my basement to hopefully be a little studio so thanks for listening everybody we'll see you